Welcome to the Side Action Podcast, the sports gambling show that covers everything in the world of sports betting from A through Z. We'll cover the four major sports as well as anything and everything in between worth some action and we'll increase the size of your bankroll. And here we go. Welcome to the Side Action, episode 94, episode 25 of season three. I am Jim Weglars, a.k.a. Weggs. You can follow me at Wegspool on Twitter and Instagram. And this is Steve Roberts, a.k.a. Action. You can follow me on Twitter at 31SRoberts. Follow the podcast at Side Action Pod on Twitter and on YouTube. So, Action, uh, how was the weekend? It's the big thaw, the early spring thaw in the upper Midwest. So, what's going on? Yeah, I heard that it was nice out today. I didn't step foot outside, so... I saw the sun from my window. Does that count? <laughs> sure. That counts. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I've i seen the snow melting. That's nice. I thought that it was going to be here through the rest of the wintertime. So it was a pleasant surprise that we'll be able to see the grass again, hopefully, before the end of March. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. It's supposed to you know, be warm for a good solid week here, too. It's just that you've been here before. That black, nasty, mm-hmm. icy snow that's on all the parkways and just gigantic amounts and from parking lots. I was out last night and there was just this heaping mound that must have been 12 feet high that they piled up all the snow in some, you know, strip mall parking lot. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, that, that'll be there till probably June. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about that. Otherwise, <laughs> but, just watching hoops, man. It's yeah. hoop season. Getting into the NBA a little bit as well, mm-hmm. trying to uh, play a little bit more games in the NBA this season. So that's been fun. College basketball right. has been so-so. Right. How about yourself? Didn't have a big weekend. Been playing a lot of volleyball, uh, both regular indoor and then sand indoor uh, the last couple of weeks. Trying to get in shape a little bit, uh, running around a little bit here and there. <laughs> Uh, so it's been an interesting couple of weeks, really looking forward to our trip. You know, this is kind of getting to that itchy, mm-hmm. I'm ready to go time, even though it's like three weeks away, but yeah, three weeks from today, right. Is when we'll be setting foot in Vegas and having a good time. We'll talk about more of that later, but I, you know, I get kind of get itch antsy a little bit, you know, cause I've been working out, you know, trying to get myself ready, you know, mentally and, and get yeah. through college hoop season. And, and as you know, and, you know, this isn't a, a pool plug, but as you know, I run a big NCAA basketball pool, and, you know, March is the day. It's like it's my second job starting up, so I, I'll i be sending out information, you know, early next week and getting people signed up. I, you know, haven't been focusing on it at all, so I'm looking forward to getting back into that as well. Yeah, I can't wait for the pool. Hopefully we actually get to go through with that and other <laughs> NCAA basketball tournament betting options this year i'm sure we will but yeah the player pool so it will be a little different it will be different we'll be different so we'll talk about that a little more in a couple weeks but let's jump into our regular episode we don't have a hearty episode we're just talking about hoops now and college specifically so let's go into the action index initially and um i mean what are you looking at right now you've you've listed the uh DraftKings final four odds this week Thank you for making a change up. Um, so you want to go over the uh, action index this week? Yeah, I forgot to alert you of the change in the odds board here. I do um, read. Gonzaga and Baylor still way ahead, as you uh-huh. might expect. Baylor returned from their COVID pause last night, Wags, and mm-hmm. promptly 
failed to even sniff a cover against Iowa State, the worst team in the Big 12. I saw that. I thought that was a little interesting. But the two of them are clearly head and shoulders above everyone else, and that's reflected here in their odds to make the Final Four a hefty minus 305 for both of them. Yeah, I saw that. Minus 305 to make the Final Four. That's incredible. Mm -hmm. Uh, Illinois got beat last night. We'll talk a little bit maybe about Michigan State at some point. They have been on a roll, uh, but they took them out. Michigan, obviously, is right there at minus 150. They're, they're, you know, is that right? Yeah. Okay. So they're the next best team, basically, outside the top two. They're three in Ken Palm. And then your, you know, your Iowa's, your Houston, you got Alabama, but look at USC plus 400. I'm talking about this team, and I think they got they didn't make a cover this week, uh, but you know they're they're definitely playing good basketball. And then Loyola, you know they're plus one eleven fifty. That's that's for the the people that believe in Sister Jean again. We'll we'll see how that goes. And and one of my teams, Arkansas, plus fourteen hundred at twelve. They they're cracking your top twelve now. Yeah, I added them in there at the bottom of the list for you. Arkansas is playing some really good basketball, as you noted last week, mm-hmm. and. Loyola and Arkansas on this list are really the only two teams that offer a significant amount of plus money to make it to the final four. The rest of the top 10 here are plus 400 or lower. So Mm -hmm. not really something that I think there is some value in betting on, but fun to talk about nonetheless. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Well, let's roll into last week's picks and just kind of, I had a couple observations that I didn't write down. So we're both throwing curveballs here. But last week, we did not do well, America. Uh, we do have one pick going tonight since we're taping one day early on side action. Uh, we went 2-5-1. and one. Ouch. Uh, rough rough go, especially the Friday night action kind of kicked us in the stomach. Mm-hmm. Uh, St. Louis did not come through. They, they've kind of they've had an up-and-down season. They, they lost outright to Dayton by a bunch. Um, you had our zigzag theory with Utah State and Boise State did not work out. Uh, <laughs> You know, Utah State uh, lost again. Boise covered again. Um, Texas Tech, I tell you, and this is kind of, I guess I'll feed right into it, the Blue Bloods, they came to play on Saturday, and they've been playing the last couple days here. Kansas went out and took out Texas Tech. They won pretty handily in the game, uh, to be honest with you. It wasn't that close. Um, and then the other Blue Bloods being Duke, North Carolina, Kentucky. These All these teams are winning now, even Michigan State, like I just mentioned. Yeah. They're, they're getting off the schneid here. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think the Blue Bloods took some sort of magical potion within the mm-hmm. last week and just totally flipped their script on the season. All right. of them that you mentioned have been down so far this year, and it seems like everyone in the national conscious came out and got a big victory over the weekend. They did. I don't it's... really know how to explain it other than just – Probably coincidence more than anything else. And the the market really has been looking down on those teams, too. Right. The other thing I think what's happening is some of those teams were, you know, we, we talked about Jalen Johnson, but but a lot of the freshmen, you know, within a COVID season, they didn't get the run up of practice time. It probably took them longer than the veteran laden teams. So now maybe they're turning the corner. It might just be too late. But I like those teams in the conference tournaments to be dangerous, especially if they're going to be lower seeds, you know, across the board. I don't think any of those teams we've mentioned except for North Carolina is really in a position to make the tournament on their current resume, even including Duke. So it's it, we'll see what happens. Um, Lots of motivation for those teams. Absolutely. Some other games that we, we actually hit on. So West Virginia, they, they did 
Uh, they took out Texas, and you know it was a plus two, but they actually won the game. That was an incredible game. Another you know cardiac game. This team, those guys have been a part of great games all year for West Virginia, and they're on my card again this week. Um, Minnesota, well, Illinois was. Uh, we, we talked about the handicap with Illinois playing down to their competition. You missed it by one game action because they blew out Minnesota, but obviously they didn't do the same against Michigan State last night. I don't know if you saw that game. Yeah, they uh, they totally did not show up against Michigan State last night, and that makes two big wins in a row for Michigan State after the road win at Indiana on Saturday. So they're playing some good basketball right now, and I think that of those teams that you mentioned, Michigan State certainly has the greatest opportunity given the lead that they play in Big Ten. There's a chance to get a big victory almost every time out. That's true. Good point. Yeah, quad one victories. Uh, this is another blue blood win. We just talked about Duke took out Virginia. That was the big win. Um, but did it hit the over? I, I didn't even look at that. Sorry about that action. Oh, you know, I forgot. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I did bet on that one. It did go over. Yeah. Okay. We'll add that three, five and one action. Three, oh, five yeah. and one this week. <laughs> I forgot about that one. That was a good one, Wags. We'll highlight that green. <laughs> uh, and then we mentioned Michigan. Uh, they won the big battle against Ohio State. In Columbus, uh, so that was, you know, Michigan's looking good. You know, they had a little COVID hiatus, had the bad first half against Wisconsin, but they've turned the page. They're playing great basketball. Yeah, that game was epic on Sunday. It was much must-see TV for me, and I'd like to tell a little story, pat myself on the back a little bit. Nice. My game plan was to wait around for Michigan to get down a little bit because I expected they might start slow a little and hit sure. them at some plus odds. You know, I think I put in like plus 150, plus 130, right towards the end of the first half. Mm-hmm. And then mid-second half, Ohio State kind of um, took a little dip, and Michigan took a commanding lead. And I was able to, like the last eight or ten minutes of the game, the odds were flipping back and forth where each team was an underdog. So I got in a few bets at plus money on both sides, which ensured me a little cash in that one. Look at this guy. He's the man. Actually, he's just both sides. The Broccoli Bob is smiling somewhere. I think he's in San Diego <laughs> Island actually right now um, visiting family. So the other one was a push. That's Texas against Kansas. Again, tech, Kansas came to play. You know, this was an overtime game uh, again. And uh, Texas did end up pushing on the three. It was, you know, it kind of it was you know, we talked about it minus two and a half, I think, last yeah. week or maybe around three. It settled in at that minus three, so hopefully America you got two and a half, but uh, Kansas ends up losing the game by three points uh, at Texas. But the Jayhawks are playing; they're playing hard again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a wonderful performance. I mean, they were up by a dozen or so at the mm-hmm. end of the first half, mm-hmm. and I was kind of kicking myself because I debated on adding some more to Texas in the second half, and I didn't do it. Stayed up to watch the whole game, right. and then when they went to overtime, I was just out, turned off the TV, went to bed, and checked the score in the morning to see a push of all outcomes. I know, I know. It's a lot of a lot of effort for not a lot of action there. Uh, the last game that was on the card that's actually tonight, since we kind of advanced the day, it's the big game tonight in the SEC. That's Arkansas against Alabama. We listed this game actually as hopefully you got it early and got Arkansas plus two. It's actually listed as Arkansas minus one or minus two at home. So. And obviously, you know, we have talked about the Razorbacks. They're playing really great basketball. I don't know. Would you change your your mind if you went this way instead of, uh, you know, with 
you get plus money in Alabama on the road instead of, you know, being the favorite like we talked about last week. No, I still think that Arkansas is the right side here. I mean, you've mm-hmm. seen it looks like on my screen that shows it opened as a pick 'em. So okay. Ken Palm may have been a little bit off on that projection mm-hmm. last week, but I still think that Arkansas is the right side tonight given they're playing at home and uh, the run that they've been on. I still like Arkansas. Okay. I'll be watching that after we get off the off the mm-hmm. air today. Well, I just wanted to put a couple other notes. Um, you know, it's it's February 24th. It's my brother's birthday. Uh, little brother Phil, he's turning 46. He's not little. But, uh, you know, it's weird. It's already March Madness. March Madness begins Saturday, officially. I mean, we've got some conference tournaments beginning this weekend and into next week. So I wanted to kind of announce these. The Big South starts their games on Saturday the 27th. That's February 27th. The American East starts on Sunday the 28th. Uh, the Horizon League, which is teams we've already talked about on the podcast, that's on Tuesday, March 2nd. The A-Sun or the Atlantic Sun is on Wednesday, March 3rd, as well as the Atlantic 10 and the Ohio Valley start on Wednesday. And then the Missouri Valley, which is Loyola and Drake, which both teams could make the tournament, they start on Thursday the 4th. And then the West Coast Conference, which I don't know who's going to win that one, uh, Zags, but uh, <laughs> also begins on Thursday the 4th. So really, uh, you know, we were kind of talking before the podcast, two weeks from Saturday or Sunday, two weeks from Sunday is Selection Sunday already. So, mm-hmm. guys, it's time to focus. If you haven't been, I know everybody's got COVID stuff on the mind, but this is one of the best events of the year um, in terms of March Madness. Yeah. So just to clarify, your definition of March Madness is the conference tournaments or March 1st? For me, it's well, for me, traditionally, it's the conference tournaments okay. because for the small conferences and I'll write about this in a Weg's pool post this week, it's that's their start to the to the dance. Right. I mean, they can win or go home in those conference tournaments. And some of those best teams in those conferences, like your, you know, Bella Marine or um, Liberty and that one and the A-Sun or. You know, a team that's really uh, we've talked about many times in the Ohio Valley is Belmont. You know, they're they're an incredible team. But if they lose in the conference tournament, they may not make the dance, the big dance. So this is when it begins for me, especially in these little tournaments. And then we just mentioned it with the Blue Bloods, who are mostly out of the conference tournament or out of the big dance based on their resume. They can still make the tournament. They make a run in those conference tournaments. So to me, March Madness starts typically March 1st, (laughs) but um, for whatever reason with the calendar, it's starting in February this year. Okay. I like your assessment. Thank you. (laughs) I try. Uh, Well, okay, let's talk about some games this week. And obviously what's fun about going a day early on Wednesday, where it's the 24th of February, we get to include Thursday games, and there's huge Thursday games. We haven't been talking about Thursday games all year but there's some big ones we wanted to identify. Uh, one is this huge matchup in the top 10 in the Big Ten. That's Michigan is hosting Iowa. Uh, I'm showing it as a, a five and a half point favorite for Michigan at home. Uh, this is tomorrow night, you know, in Ann Arbor. Obviously, we we both, I think, like Michigan quite a bit uh, with their defense. And I think they'll slow down guards on the Hawkeyes. But what do you think? Yeah, I saw that you listed this at five and a half, and I see that was the opener mm. most of the places across the screen, but painted as fours here Ooh. at the current hour, 6.37 p.m. on a Wednesday nice. night. 
which leads me to think that there's some early money coming in on the Hawkeyes side of this game. Interesting. And that gives me a little bit of pause. I don't know mm-hmm. what your thoughts are about it, but Iowa certainly looked great in their last time out, um, shooting the lights out. Uh, I don't recall their opponent, but um, I know they got a big victory. And on the flip side, uh, betters could be looking at Michigan coming off of that huge victory and what was billed as the Big Ten showdown on Sunday against Ohio State and could be looking for a little bit of a letdown. So right. that would probably give me a little pause in this one. Sure. I do have these teams at pretty much even, actually, when you add it all up, although I am right there with you that the clear unit that does not stack up to the other three four in this game is the Iowa defense and right. 75th ranked. They're giving up almost a hundred points per hundred possessions mm-hmm. and going against Michigan on that side of the ball is going to be a long night for Iowa. Right. I'm really, you know, what's interesting about Ken Palm and maybe that affects your rankings too, is that Iowa has consistently been in the top five despite them being so bad on defense. Mm-hmm. So maybe I just don't understand the metric a little bit. Maybe it's just, it's an efficiency number. Maybe they score so many more points than their opponent. So it kind of balances out because they are number one on offense. But it's it's one of those things that, it, you know, them and Ohio State are kind of, when I look metrically, those are two teams that stick out to me. They both are in the top five in, on offense, but they're way down on defense. But they stay up there for Ken Palm. And, you know, it's it's in this game in particular, it, this is almost like a, you know, a semifinal or a, a final in the Big Ten championship, or it could be in the you know in the tournament. I'll go with Michigan all the way. I mean, obviously four points is better for us if if we like Michigan, but maybe I'll just wait and see it'll go down even further. Yeah, it might. I mean, I I would have a hard time thinking that you're going to see anything lower than four, right? In this one, but I mean, Iowa. The key is if they can play defense, and, right? You know, obviously the Garza versus the freshman big man for Michigan is going to be one heck of a matchup. And Garza certainly probably will have the edge. Dickinson, I think is his name, on the Mm -hmm. inside. But outside of that, you got to expect that the Michigan seniors, Mike White and uh, the other transfer, Brown, are going to have their way on the perimeter against those Iowa defenders. Okay, great. Uh, I picked out a game, you know, off the, not off the board, but I wanted to talk about this team. The Mountain West has a big matchup, and we've talked about Boise before, uh, but it's going to be San Diego State this time, who has been rising so quickly in Ken Palm. It's, it's hard to imagine. They're white hot, uh, but they're hosting Boise tomorrow night. And maybe this is the opener. They open at a six point uh, favorite at home. And I really like this Aztec team. It's really interesting, you know. I obviously went to school at Colorado State, so I know the Mountain West. And, you know, obviously with CSU's kind of on the bubble here for the tournament, San Diego State at the beginning of the year, especially when we started talking about college hoops a month and a half ago, they weren't in. You know, they weren't in. I don't know if they had some early losses or maybe early injuries, but this team has really turned it around. This is essentially, a, you know, battle for first place here. If San Diego State knocks them off, they'll jump to the top of the heap there. I really like them in this matchup. Six seems like a big number, but um, what are your take? What's your take on the Aztecs? Yeah, I mean they're again this year the cream of this conference in mm-hmm. the Mountain West, and they are 12 and eight against the spread, eight and six in conference play. 
But mm-hmm. when you look at the last several games, they've won count them seven out of the last eight games against the spread. Right. So definitely a team that's turning it up at the right time. And I think that on the flip side, you have a Boise team who is coming off of a huge weekend series last week against Utah State. Right. If you recall, we talked about these, the zigzag last week. We ended up yep. losing with Utah State in that one. But mm-hmm. I think that um, San Diego State certainly has the edge in this matchup. They're, again, superior on defense against most of their opponents, 17th ranked and Ken Palm. Right. So I think that San Diego State is a good look here. And it is minus six. There's one, one minus seven that's popped up already at Chris. So okay. it could be an indicator of which way this is moving. Yeah, jump on it early then, I guess. Mm-hmm. Okay, we know we love the Friday night action, but honestly, when I looked at the slate, I wasn't too impressed. Uh, <laughs> we weren't a lot of teams, but leave it to action. Is this this is out of the Big West, I believe? Yeah. The uh, UC Riverside go uh, is hosting UC Santa Barbara, the Gauchos, battle atop the Big West. So who do you like in this one? Well, you know, Wags, I was scratching for a pick, and this one came into my conscience. And the Big West is a conference that is rarely ever on TV. You have a lot of the smaller conferences that make it onto ESPN Plus. But for whatever reason, the Big West must have a different TV deal that does not get broadcast here in the Midwest. So while I haven't seen them play once this season, (laughs) I have been betting on UC Riverside quite a bit. And this team is impressive in the Mountain West. They have, you know, they're clearly second fiddle to Santa Barbara who is the class of this conference this season. They've got two bigs inside that are tough to deal with. But Riverside plays some pretty serious defense. They're 11th ranked in defending their opponent's field goal percentages. And the fact that they're at home in this game, I think, gives them a little bit of an edge. Ken Palm is showing this as opening as a four-point spread. And I Mm -hmm. think if you can catch four with Riverside at home, that's a good look. Okay. You heard it here, America. We're, we're going to give you the Big West. I know you want the Big West, so you got it. You got it, baby. All right, let's talk about some other big games throughout the weekend and into next week. Uh, so, obviously, Michigan's back on top, back on our card again. Uh, Michigan is going to Indiana. This is you know, picking on your dad's squad. Um, that's it, Saturday at noon Eastern, and Michigan is opening. We're showing as a five-point favorite here. At Indiana, you like Michigan in this spot as well against the Hoosiers? Yeah, I do. I, I think Michigan is going to be a theme of this podcast tonight. <laughs> we <laughs> got them on a, a lot. Times. Yeah. But uh, this is a really bad mismatch for Indiana. Dickinson, as I alluded to earlier, has been tearing apart the Big Ten on the inside this season. And mm-hmm. I'm not sure that Trace Jackson Davis is going to be able to match up with him on Sunday or Saturday. So. Right. As much as I would like to see Indiana get a win, you're going to hear a lot of people saying that this is a must-win game for Indiana after they likely lose tonight, Wednesday at Rutgers. The game against Michigan becomes even bigger. But I just don't see how the matchup allows Indiana to have any success in this game. Michigan is really superior in almost every category. So if this really comes out of five points, I think Michigan is a hammer. Okay. I'm not going to back off Michigan. I mean, I've got them. Well, we'll talk later against a different opponent, but yeah. I'm on them. I'm on them tomorrow. So, all right, let's talk about the Big 12 now. Uh, we've got a big matchup here that I I like, and of course, I know you'll be against me here, but Kansas. You know, now I'm now I'm like now I got my Jayhawks shirt on. Hey, Jayhawks! This is for Whitney out there. She not, doesn't listen to us, but 
they're going to host Baylor on Saturday. This is, you know, the kind of primetime matchup on Saturday, 8 o'clock Eastern. You know, this team seems to be playing better. I mean, I, I was discounting them. They were getting hammered. I, I went against them twice last week as the ambulance passes. Uh, don't worry, Action. They're not coming for me. Not this time. Uh, so, um, anyway, so Kansas, I mean, getting six points. I guess I'm more looking at Baylor, too. I know that that was their first game back, and they seemed to be off for two full weeks. I don't know how long it was. Yeah, it but was. But they almost – I thought they were going to lose last night. Now, granted, maybe that just knocked the rust off, and they're back to the Baylor where – you know, crushing opponents, but I really like the way Kansas played last week, you know, against Texas Tech and Texas. So can you get on board with me with the, the Jayhawks plus six at home? Mm, I don't think so. <laughs> this game is at uh, Kansas? I believe so. Right? Kansas. I do, I think so. You know, you're right. Okay, I was looking at the previous matchup. Which yeah, was, they played Baylor okay. already. Yeah. yeah. And they did end up covering that game. At they Baylor, did. catching eight and a half points and losing by eight. I think there was yep. a miracle three at the buzzer, if I remember correctly. That's right. But having said that, I think that Baylor got the rust out last night. Okay. You know, not only did they have the rust factor, but they were also playing Iowa State. So yeah. I think that they believe they could have just showed up and win that game at any time which is probably true, but you're right. They almost lost. (laughs) I'm kicking myself because I had Iowa state in the first half Mm -hmm. and I came back on Baylor in the second half and gave a little bit of my winnings away. So uh, mistake lesson to learn from, but I, I think that Baylor has Kansas's number in the last two seasons. Coach drew has been able to beat this Kansas team. And that's what I'm looking for in this game. Although I think that plus six is a little bit of a hefty price to lay with Baylor on the road in this one. I don't actually think it'll open up that number. Right. If you're hearing me, Ken Palm, take a look at that. <laughs> but uh, I think I'll be looking to lay the points with Baylor. Okay. Against each other in that one. Uh, so Iowa is the next game is, is a Sunday game. I was facing against uh, Ohio State. They got a big week. It looks like ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're listed. We're listing them as a one-point dog on the road at Ohio State. Both these teams don't play any defense, so I'm thinking that Iowa. Well, I mean, I thought it'd be a little bit bigger number when they were on the road, but I like the Hawkeyes getting the points. I don't know about one. I feel like a little better if it's a little more than one because these teams are really evenly matched. Uh, and then I, I, I figured you'd like the over in this game. I don't know what the total will be, but you know. Yeah, let's see. Ken Palm, what, I mean, I was also surprised to see that Ken Palm has this game listed as a one-point spread. Mm-hmm. To be honest, I expect that it'll probably open a little bit higher than that, maybe two, sure. two and a half. Mm-hmm. And Ken Palm does have 165 points projected on his screen here. That's a few points. It is. I <laughs> I don't know if I'll be looking to play over that number, though. Yeah. I, I typically look to go under big totals and over little ones. So, sure. And I'll tell you that my projections have the point total at 152. So oh, under. Discrepancy you heard it here. Underplay. Look at this guy. Under. So um, if we see that number, at, you're saying if you see the number at like 155 you know, or something, you, you play under. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, w- I think anywhere between 155 and 160 is a good look for the under in this one. Okay. Um, but 
on the spread, I, I lean to Ohio State in this game, to be honest with you. I think that their defense, although not good either, I think they're superior to Iowa. And okay. those inside defenders, Liddell and company, will be able to man up on Garza. And more importantly, the perimeter defenders of Ohio State will be able to lock down the Iowa shooters. So I think that Ohio State is in a position to get a bounce back win this week coming off the Michigan loss. Right. And they're playing Michigan State, I think, tomorrow night. Um, yeah, so that sounds right. We'll see how that, you know, they fare. You know, they're actually on the road and then they come home for this game. So see how it goes. Okay. Different sides. It's okay. That's why we're talking about it. Uh, yeah. So this is, I'm going back to the well, man. I'm going to keep going against Baylor till I win. West Virginia hosting Baylor. Uh, this is on Tuesday night. This is a makeup match. Right now it's it's listed at 5 o'clock Eastern on Tuesday. Clearly it was a makeup game. So I like the Mountaineers. You know, I've, I've been all over this team all year, probably most to the detriment of our, our listeners. But plus six at home, I got to take my Mountaineers against Baylor, man. Come on. Yeah. I think that this is a good spot to pick out. I can get behind you on this one playing on uh, West Virginia at home is a good play. And right. I think that uh, in the first matchup, they played them tough, if mm-hmm. I recall. Um, yeah. West Virginia, did they play Baylor? Or am I, I don't think they've played seasons? them yet because I think they've had the Oh, this is a re- – yeah, sorry, rescheduled. Yeah, it was, they were actually supposed to play tomorrow at Baylor, but it's canceled. So, okay. yeah, these COVID, COVID scheduling is very complicated. I could certainly be remembering a game from last season, too. It's possible. Sure. Sure. But I, you know, the the interior rebounding of West Virginia certainly has the ability to hang with Baylor. Right. And while West Virginia's defense isn't quite as good as it has been in years past, they're not slouches by any means. So catching a decent number here would be a good play. Yeah. All right. Now let's go back to Michigan Illinois matchup. Uh, this is on Tuesday as well. This is seven o'clock Eastern. Uh, this is, you know, this is to me, a, you know, I mean, obviously we've talked about Illinois or Michigan, Ohio State as being kind of the big matchup and Iowa, you know, against Michigan. Now we've got Illinois. These are all the big titans of the Big Ten facing off. You know, you keep talking about this freshman big man for um, Michigan, but, you know, we're talking about the big man, you know, Co- uh, Co- 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 Coburn. What's his name? Kofi Coburn. So. Um, do you like Illinois in that matchup? You're, they're at Michigan, which isn't great. Michigan's listed as a four-point favorite, and the total's 148 is what we're putting in you know, the Ken Palm projection. Do you think Illinois can go in there and, and get within that number? Mm, I don't think that I'll be looking to play Illinois in this matchup. I know that we've hit Michigan already a few times on this podcast, and yeah. I'm not sure that I would be interested in laying four against Illinois with their ability to score. But I I also don't think that Illinois is a team that has the moxie to go into the Chrysler Center and get a big victory. Mm -hmm. So I would probably be passing on this game. Okay. I'll go Illinois. I'm still going to, you know, I figured that this is the way I look at it. They're probably, you know, Illinois obviously had a letdown against Michigan State. It was a physical Mm -hmm. game. You know, maybe that – built them up again for, for going back and in, in the, a week later and, and taking on Michigan, but we'll see Michigan's a much better team than Michigan state. So those two teams, Michigan, Michigan state also play next week, if I'm not mistaken. Wow. Just 
the gauntlet, huh? Oh yeah, it's the Big Ten. Okay, you've got another Big Ten matchup. Uh, your your alma mater, Purdue, is hosting Wisconsin on Tuesday at eight o'clock Eastern. Uh, you're listing Purdue as a one point favorite at home. This is their only meet meeting this year because it got wiped from the schedule. The other one that they I don't know. I don't think that Purdue's had any games canceled due to COVID, save for maybe a Nebraska game. But I think it was just a one schedule season for them. Mm-hmm. And talk about the heavyweights of the Big Ten. <laughs> Wisconsin has been bad lately, and sure. they're not their normal Wisconsin team. And I, you know, I watched that game. I think I mentioned last week that Potter and Nate Reavers ended the game with zero rebounds against Michigan, and those two guys are not going to be a good matchup for Trevion Williams inside for the Boilers or Zach Eady, the big freshman Canadian mm. seven footer. Right. And I think that Purdue is going to have the game plan to pound the ball inside. And if they're only laying one point against Wisconsin, I don't think that the Wisconsin offense is going to be able to keep up with Purdue. You also have the sharpshooter Stefanovic, who is back mm-hmm. from his COVID hiatus and finally made his first basket the other night against Nebraska. And I yes. have every expectation he's going to start heating up, which gives Purdue an even more potent offense. Gotcha. So is this a? It's, it sounds like you just like the matchup. Are you? It seems like the Badgers are slumping a little bit. Are you? Are you? Going against the Badgers more often than not these days? Yeah, I definitely would say so. And um, the Iowa performance that I referenced earlier in the podcast was that game at Wisconsin, right. where they just came in and torched the Badgers, which is not something that you normally see at the Kohl Center. So mm-hmm. I certainly am looking to fade Wisconsin most opportunities. Right. I guess Wisconsin's playing Illinois. Uh, I guess it must be tomorrow. Uh, they're definitely playing them as well. So. Yep. Looks like uh, Saturday. Saturday. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, the last one on the card here is the rematch that we talked about, I guess, a week or so ago. Uh, Villanova is going to host Creighton on Wednesday. This is the March 3rd at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. I think, you know, reverse zigzag theory or whatever, they're not been back-to-back, but I think the Wildcats will bounce back. I was on the Blue Jays last time. I think that, that Nova gets their revenge despite their lack of defense, which we've already talked about on a previous podcast. Nova is 67th in Ken Palm defensive efficiency, but Creighton isn't that much better now. They're 49th, but these two teams can score. would like to see the total on this game, too. Uh, I know you like to play the unders of the bigger totals, but this should be a high-scoring ball game. What do you think about Nova bouncing back against Creighton on next Wednesday? Yeah, I think I played under in the first meeting in this game, which did not go so well. Right. But I think you're on the right track here with playing Villanova. I went against your pick last time. I know you had Creighton, and I played Villanova as well in that one, and it did not go so well. Right. Despite their lackluster defense, I think getting back home for Villanova should be helpful in this one. And I would hope that Jay Wright has a little bit of a, a different game plan for guarding Marcus Zagorowski and the Creighton offense. Yeah, so, that guy can fill it. That guy can fill it. I like this pick as well. <laughs> okay. And it looks like uh, Ken Palm's got a total of 148 lined up for All this right. one. So uh, that's, that's middle of the road. That's not bad. I, I could go over that still. I mean, it's, I mean, these teams can score, so mm-hmm. we'll see. Hey. Uh, Villanova definitely played great defense last night against St. John's, holding them to 58 points. I was pleasantly surprised to see that final score. Right. They've got to turn it on. I mean, they're they're mm-hmm. a top 15 team in Ken Palm. Good basketball team, but 
in order to jump into that kind of upper echelon, it's the defense. You know, both these teams, they got to play better defense to get safely inside the top 10. And, and I'm looking at those top 10 teams for, you know, NCAA, you know, Final Four when I make my picks here, action. So little clue in. You know, the last time that there was three undefeated teams this late into the season was 2014. Mm. when uh, None of the three teams made it to the Final Four. And a number eight seed, Connecticut, beat a number seven seed, Kentucky, in the national championship. Was that was that the Wichita year? Was that yes. the Wichita State year? Then they lost to Kentucky. They kind of got screwed and got Kentucky as the eight seed in there. Yeah, I remember that year. That was an amazing year. And Kentucky, they yeah, that was the Julius Randle team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that I was forget, an interesting approach. I forget the other two teams that went undefeated deep into the year, but Wichita was certainly one of the trio. Right. Right. Well. There you have it. All right. Well, that wraps up our spots for this week uh, for, you know, college basketball. Let's just do a brief Vegas update. Uh, we're still holding with four guys strong, maybe a fifth guy. We'll see. There's there's always interest, but, but you know, hey, we're locked in. We know we're going to get uh, prime and I guess we'll call him. I, we're going to go DP and uh, action of myself in Vegas. We'll be there uh, starting on the 17th for action of myself. And we'll be there through, you know, Saturday evening. We're going to be at uh, Stadium Swim on Friday afternoon if anybody wants to come by. Mm-hmm. I do want to say, action besides the uh, trip, I, I, we've got these shirts. I, I guess I didn't make it clear that we've got a couple of these. We should we should do a giveaway. We got to figure out a, a competition of some kind like to it. give these shirts away. These great shirts that my nephew designed, and uh, we've got a few to give away. So definitely get, going to get you your shirt when we meet in Vegas. And I haven't seen you in almost six months, right? Yeah, that's true. It'll be an exciting time to get there on the ground, and we'll have to come up with some sort of contest, maybe a game-picking contest or Twitter engagement contest to give away the shirt to our loyal listeners. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, great. Well, we'll be back to our regular schedule day next week. Uh, hopefully in the next two weeks we'll get our buddy Cola on, who's, you know, he's obviously been a part of the player pool with Action and myself the last few years, but... He's got a, a kind of an exciting new venture he'd like to talk about with us, and also he's a, he's a whiz at uh, college basketball, so really like his insights, and hopefully he can get on before the tournament starts. Yeah, can't wait for that. Should be some good insight, and we can talk more college hoops as well. That's right. That's right. All right, well, follow us at Side Action Pod on Twitter and on YouTube. Follow me at Wegspool on Twitter and Instagram. And follow me on Twitter at 31SRoberts. All right, good luck this week, and get ready for March Madness. That's a wrap for this episode of the Side Action Podcast. We appreciate all of your listens, and thank you for joining us. We'll see you all again next week on Thursday for some more hot picks and side action. podcast its owners and associates take no responsibility for the opinions or statements made by the show hosts or their guests statements or show topics are not necessarily the beliefs of this podcast and opinions between talk show hosts may conflict individuals following the advice given on the podcast accept their own risk of losses from wagers made as the side action podcast its owners hosts associates or guests will not guarantee any advice given 
The opinions and advice given on the Side Action Podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Intro and outro and transition music credits. Song titles, Jerry 5 and District 4 by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.org. Licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 3.0. Creativecommons.org backslash licenses backslash by 3.0.